Sitaram, welcome everyone. Uh, those of you who are here for the very, very first time, again, a special welcome to you. Uh, this morning program is not quite set up to bring about uh, an introduction to this practice and path. Uh, if you're interested of this uh, uh, information that you can carry home or visit the website and please get details. Uh, you're always welcome to come to the Sunday morning meditations here. The basic aspect of this whole path is about the energy from the teacher and the lineage helping you to kindle your own inner energy and thereby continue with your growth. So the Shakti path is the key process, the transmission of the energy. If you have any questions this morning, if you already have read something and would like to ask, please feel free to do so. Uh, but uh, we do recommend strongly that whenever we do have, uh, so to say, a public meditation, where it is more of an introduction and we go into covering the details for the beginner, that would be the appropriate time to come and get uh, familiar with the aspects of the path, so to say, in an external manner. Uh, but to start with for today, if you have any questions, please feel free to uh, ask. Um, sorry, Anandima won't be uh, here today. She has uh, sent her love and blessings to all of you here. Yeah. So, any questions? Hi. Hi. I was wondering, I'm interested in taking Shakti Pot in September. And what would be the best way to prepare for that? To pre prepare for Shakti Pan? Uh, there's nothing really that you can do way ahead, uh, just prior to the uh, process itself uh, on, on the day of the instructions that you are given to follow. Uh, that's what you will be uh, preparing, so to say. In the meantime, it would be helpful, of course, if you read the book, especially Shakti and Light on Meditation and become familiar with, with uh, you know, the entire process of the Kundalini and Shakti path. And again, as I said, prior to that, even the more you can come to the Sunday meditations here and just get familiar and get that energy uh, helping you and moving for you, that would be a good preparation. Thank you. Papaji, could you go into a little bit of detail in explaining how the breath, this uh, yogic breathing, is able to deepen the meditative experience? Well, the the greatest flow of energy that is part of our life support system is naturally our breath. We can go without food maybe for months, without water maybe a few hours, but when it comes to our breathing, as we know, it is very, very critical aspect of our lives. The first thing the baby does when it is born is start breathing. And the last thing that happens prior to what we call death is we stop breathing. So that entire process of life basically 
is all about breathing. And we basically talk about air or oxygen, but the yogis go to the subtle force beyond the gases, so to say, what is known as the prana, the life force itself. The human being or any being that is moving, is active, has consciousness, so to say, is prani, bearing the vital force prana. And what is the key force that keeps everything active, even in nature, is again the, the universal prana. So the prana is the basic force which is behind us. And as we all know, when we are trying to evolve spiritually, particularly through the process of meditation, the aspect of stilling the mind is one of the most critical factors. And we all know that we try to still the mind, we want to stop the thoughts, but it's almost an impossible thing to do. In fact, the more we try to still the mind, the more it is going to run around. So for years and years and years after deep research and meditation, the yogis started to look for other keys which will help maybe in an indirect but yet a very complete and powerful way to still the mind. And they discovered that through the breathing process, the mind can be brought to a state of calm, standstill. And then, of course, when that happens, the next process of, of meditation can begin. So concentration and meditation. So the breath and the mind are very much interconnected. Just like when a bird wants to fly, both the wings need to operate simultaneously. Similarly, the mind and the prana go hand in hand together. So when we do certain breathing techniques, it is through the breath that the prana energy within us comes to a state of stability, comes to a state of calm. And when the prana becomes calm and stable, the mind also becomes calm and stable. And when we are able to achieve that through some breathing techniques, then naturally it is easier to take the mind to help it focus to the chosen object of concentration. And once that concentration becomes very, very complete, then we enter into the state of meditation. There is a lot of detail, of course, beyond that whole set. So again, the type of breathing, you know, most of us have forgotten how to breathe correctly. And this indeed has become a major cause of, of most of our problems, whether it's our physical health, our mental well-being, removing the stress that we experience in day-to-day -day life and living, and of course, uh, deeply on, on the spiritual path itself. The type of breathing Im impacts the type of nervous system that we are dealing with. And so the thoracic breathing has one impact, the abdominal breathing has another impact. And so there's a lot uh, to be said, so to say, both in terms of enhancing our physical health, enhancing our mental alertness, well-being, 
and when those two are stable and in balance then we can expect or hope to do something at the spiritual levels for us, for ourselves so there's a lot to to gain from from even just pranayam however it is remember just the third step of yoga yam niyam after fourth yam niyam asan and pranayam after pranayam comes what is known as pratyahar which is withdrawal of the senses the mind is always going to run around we have trained it to do that we have allowed it to do that and so stopping that process and taking that extrovert mind introvert that step of what is known as pratyahar like the total withdrawing the limbs the head within the shell and when we are able to do pratyahar then and then only we are truly able to concentrate uh, dharana and when the dharana the flow of subject to object is continuous uninterrupted and without any breaks then we perform meditation and then in deep states of meditation we can transcend the three states of consciousness external what we call the sleep the awake and the dream and reach into the next realm of absolute consciousness what is known as the turiya so that entire process of breathing is very very profound and helps us at all levels of our living question about the prana that we do we do some pranayam before our practices the buchudi pranayam and is um that to strengthen the prayers that we do so that you know um maybe it's not called the buchudi but you know we go you know what you don't know what I'm I I'm, I'm not clear. I couldn't hear you about. too well oh, you're okay. talking of the buchudi pranayam or mm-hmm. the buchudi pranayam because we do that before our practices right before well that's an advanced state of of uh, you know of practice and again you know if if you know the basis of the mantra that is given to you at shakti path itself buchudi or purification is a key process to spiritual evolution so because it is the pure mind which will concentrate and so that whole process of removing the junk so to say that we have stored in the subconscious or in whatever layers of our existence needs to happen so the the mantra given at shakti path of course is doing that but with that that is conjoined with the breathing process it has a much much more profound effect and so the purification of the five elements of the physical body which is done through the chakras and then the seed letters go to the purification of the uh, subtle body and the causal body all that needs to happen at a very very basic level so once that is happened then and then only your kundalini will will awaken in full force then and then only when all the pathways of the energy flows are complete the 72000 nadis of the subtle energy pathways so the purusha shuddhi pranayam is is a deeper much much more deeper and profound practice which helps us achieve all of that um 
Philippe, she, um, I was with my mother when she was passing away, and uh, a nurse was there, uh, came in at a certain point, and she told me, your mother is getting close to passing, and she said, uh, you'll know it's happening soon when her breathing picks up, and it, uh, it wasn't very much after that time when her breathing started getting very rapid and increased and increased, and then it got to the point where she stopped breathing and just had a peaceful expression on her face where her soul left and she was no longer breathing. Um, is that a, a, a normal, uh, the normal thing when the soul leaves? The yeah, and that's, no, that's why the doctors or nurses can tell now that, you know, the person is ready to leave because they have seen so much of that happening. So it's a common process. But basically what's happening is what happens when the sun is setting. The rays that have been extended out are withdrawing within the sun. So the same process here, uh, when the soul is, is leaving the body, all its energies are being retracted back into it. And the pran is the key force again, which is working all over the body. So as the soul is, is receding, so to say, getting ready to leave the body, all its energies, the pran typically is being pulled uh, away from all the limbs, from all the organs and whatnot. And as that begins to happen, the breathing becomes rapid first. What are the three parts of pranayam? Breathing rapidly, holding, and then again letting out. So here that letting out process is going to stop slowly. But the rapid breathing starts and then the pran begins to become more and more subtle as it is withdrawn from the extremities, so to say, and finally it goes into that state of kumbhak stopping completely and then the pran along with the soul leaves the body. But that is the typical process. Yeah. Thank you. And then of course depending upon the evolution of the person, where is the soul exiting from? So that is a, a different question or depending upon whether the soul is left from the extremities or from the lower extremities or for a yogi from the top of the head if they have practiced well and deep enough. And for yogis, mahasamadhi, they consciously are doing that. Others cannot do it unconsciously, they are in no control. But a yogi has that conscious ability of pulling the prana. He knows what is a good time to leave the body. So at that time, the chosen time, they pull the prana, merge it in the soul, bring the soul through the top of the head and leave the body. So that awareness is there, control is there. All right. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm uh, uh, wrapping up Ananishtan for the extra Indian month, and I'm focusing on the Stotram with the uh, mantras we were given at VP3, and wanted to share a couple of the experiences and see if you have any comments. May I do that now? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the mantra the in is extremely intense, and I've noticed that um, even just a third way through, uh, my body's vibrating from the energy, and it's difficult to keep my eyes open and even to enunciate the mantra. 
because my, like my lips just don't seem to move like they're supposed to. Uh, what's interesting is when I meditate afterwards, I'm noticing some patterns in the meditations. Um, I notice that very early on into the mantra char, my mind stills very easily, and the gaps between thoughts are pretty long, which I'm not used to. And that my, I seem to move very freely in, in and out of body consciousness. And the patterns that I'm noticing is that I'm having these visions, and the visions are so intense that it's difficult to tell whether I'm experiencing it in the body or if it's just a, a part of the vision. So I keep moving back and forth, and I'm, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain. The patterns are one that I'm my body is lying flat and weighted down to the floor, so I can't move my limbs, I can't roll over, I can't get up at all. And two, I'm having blockages at my throat that are making it difficult to breathe. So sometimes it might be like my tongue feels like it's swollen, and sometimes it just feels like there's a physical blockage. And again, it's difficult to tell whether it's the vision or physically. What's interesting is that I'm experiencing. different hands coming to help me to remove the blockage at my at my throat. So sometimes there's two or three times where the hands have no face, so I don't know who's working on me, but it feels like, you know, I'm perfectly calm and not worried at all, but it feels like something is trying to be removed from my throat. But interestingly, two or three times there have been two disciples, Johnny and Lewis actually, that were doing the same process, like they were trying to remove the blockage from me. And I just find it odd that, I mean, I can understand like the energy would be working, but I find it odd that in this experience that there's this theme all the way through the month, and particularly that even disciples are participating in this process. Do you have any ideas what that would mean? Well, again, uh, you know, the experiences are, are of course, uh, infinite, so to say. But many times it is the Guru or Guru Tattva which can even manifest the form of a disciple uh, to, to do the process. So it is not necessarily that the physical person or the, or the body of the person is involved, but for whatever reason when the subconscious mind is associating for that process through a body of a disciple, the Guru Tattva will, will manifest through the body of that disciple just as, as an aspect of, of even fulfilling or resolving some karmic pattern that may be there between disciple to disciple. So it is not necessary that they are doing the work, but it is just that the Guru Tattva has, has chosen that particular aspect or the form to fulfill the job. The important for, uh, factor is to fulfill the job. It's not important who does it. You know, it could be Dhyanayogiji, it could be Anandima, it could be any one of the thousands of saints that were in the lineage, it could be a saint from any other lineage. That is not important. The important thing that the soul is being taken to the source. Uh, so, it, it can happen, so to say, but again, it's, it's in some ways the mind is still involved. And that's why it's being correlated to, to those uh, factors. You know. All right, I'll let you go. We'll see you definitely next week for Guru Purnima. Don't miss the event. Thank you all again. Let's do the prayer for world peace. Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha 